Okay, hello, and welcome to the latest episode of Innovations in Education, eSchool News' podcast on the latest and greatest happenings in ed tech. I'm Kevin Hogan, and I'm glad you found us. On this episode, we dig into some of the latest topics posted to eSchool News, including new techniques to use to help deal with student trauma, the big picture regarding eSports, and how to take stock of your district's Wi-Fi capabilities. First off, the importance of student mental health has obviously gained a prominence during the pandemic, and the techniques developed have only improved during this application in schools. In a story entitled, Three Tools to Support Trauma-Informed Teaching, author Larissa McCauley, she's a music and technology teacher at Perry Hall Christian School, breaks down a few of the techniques she's learned. She writes, number one, know your students better through Flipgrid. Many educators agree that relationships must come before content, especially with students who are victims of trauma. Fortunately, relationship building between educators and students in the virtual space is made possible through Flipgrid. Not only can students take the time they need to record a video of themselves that can be viewed only by the teacher, but comments and even video responses from the teacher can be sent directly back to the student. And, you know, th- this is a really good point, I think. It's, it's something that I've noticed in a lot of other conversations I've had with both ed tech executives and, and educators, that Zoom and remote synchronous tools have a, like a, a strange intimacy that helps have conversations that you might not have in person. Parent-teacher conferences, for example, as someone who's been on them as a parent, they're easier somehow over Zoom than, say, getting in the car, driving 45 minutes. And you know, there's some power dynamics that go on when you're in a school as well. And tools like Flipgrid or even TikTok, where you can record things, there's an intimacy to them that, that I think is something that we should take a look at. So number two, Larissa writes, promote a safe place with Padlet. Padlet is a tool that lets you create walls where students post various content to share. This platform allows teachers to be in full control of what gets posted to the wall by students, as there is a setting available that requires teachers to screen posts before they're posted. Teachers can also enable a function where students post responses anonymously. The ability for students to comment on their classmates' posts can easily be disabled, depending on the group of students you want to give this ability to. She's found that Padlet to be quite valuable for students coping with trauma and that the positive feedback from peers can be uplifting and healing. Again, another example of something maybe at first glance you would think is not something that is helpful when it comes to social-emotional learning or, or dealing with trauma, but you know, it all depends on how you use the tools and the ability to be anonymous and, again, remove some of the power dynamics of the classroom where students who in person might not be likely to become involved in the conversation can use these tools to be right up there with them. I'll leave you to find the third tool up online in the newsfeed. She has loads of insights and ideas. I encourage you to, to check it out. Next up, while the fad of esports was already on the climb before the pandemic, Its popularity absolutely exploded with all those children stuck at home with their screen time restrictions effectively lifted. If you go to the webinar tab at eschoolnews.com, you'll find a conversation entitled, Why You Should Focus on Esports. Experts share their advice. The following highlight is from Nick Swain. He's the founder of JMU X Labs at James Madison University. 
He explains why esports is about more than just fun and games. Have a listen. One of the things that that really I'm not necessarily a gamer. I look at it more as a responsibility of of universities to prepare students for the future. I, I look at things like this, which is esports job growth. And I, I'm not the author of this. Um, according to the chart, it came from a company called Hitmaker. But it, looking at the job growth in in esports, in esports programs across the country, not just in players, but in all of the wraparound um, academic programs that are associated with esports. This is the chart that you were talking about, where the traditional esports athletes are kind of in that gray area in the middle, where they're the players and they're the ones that everyone focuses on. But from an academic perspective, these wraparound skills are really where I think our larger role might be. You know, broadcast journalism, there's a difference in how broadcast journalism works for news for sports and for esports and and if we're not preparing our students for each of those different skills or roles then i I don't think we're doing our job and so my focus has been on preparing the teams and making sure we have competitive teams because that's how you get street credibility and and then from there growing out into these other academic areas that you see here so that's where i think getting what, what high schools and middle schools can do is start to get their students to understand that there are multiple roles besides just the esports players. And even uh, w- one of the things that we look at is the, the like theater and dance. If, if you look at a video game, it, a lot of it is like a theater where you're trying to tell a story through images. And so those folks can be part of the esports industry um, in telling stories through the images that are on the esports games. So, so there's really room for everybody here. And, and I think that's really the, the message that they should take away. Now, one thing that is essential for esports to work, as well as any online functionality for a school district, is obviously how strong is the Wi Fi. And while it's not the most sexiest of subjects, Roger Sands, CEO and co founder of Wibot Inc., details some important next steps to future-proofing a district's infrastructure. That's up online on the homepage at eschoolnews.com. He writes, network essentials include the internal connections needed to support connectivity, as well as services that manage and operate internal connections, including automated management and optimization platforms. Cloud-supported services, basic maintenance, installation, activation, and initial configuration expenses are all considered eligible. And what he's writing about is the upcoming federal funds that should be flowing in quite shortly. To best determine your school's needs, review any and all historical analytics. If you don't have a system that analyzes and saves historical data, make two lists. The first should include all problems experienced over the past year. Those problems include dead zones, slow connectivity and transmission speeds, interoperability problems, and slow problem resolution. And he insists that you should be as specific as to the cause. The second list should look at expecting needs for the next three to five years. This includes any devices or infrastructure that will need to be replaced, brand new technologies. Be sure to note how data intensive these are. You know, while many networks weren't designed to support multiple use cases of video streaming, This may be something that might impact your network design. Also look at the increasing number of devices. 
that you might have and any anticipated building renovations or expansions that would change how the Wi-Fi network design is implemented. Read the whole piece under the newsfeed. The title is Why E-Learning Requires Wi-Fi Optimization. I think it's a really great guide for any district executive looking to take advantage of the new monies coming in to help future-proof your district. So that about wraps it up for this episode. Be sure to check back on eschoolnews.com for all the latest and greatest news and analysis for what's happening in the edtech space. eSchool News is always free and always helping innovative educators just like you. Until next time, I'm Kevin Hogan.